Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. It's half term week again. (laughs) (laughs) How are you coping? They really crop up, don't they? Like literally every six weeks. That's it. I hope we get a half term for like parents. That would be good, wouldn't it? a week off don't you forget that I asked for like a half term and then had a skiing accident mm. which put me out in hospital for a couple of weeks um and in yeah. bed for a couple of weeks so I don't think we, I don't think that's what I'm going to be asking for I'm going to all I'm asking for on this podcast now is um five million pounds okay I'm, I'm gonna ask for ten we've put it out there now that's oh, it so gosh. we can get our yacht in Ibiza yeah that's all we want we just want to just float away and just lay and soak up the sun do these podcast episodes while we're on yeah. our do you get good wi-fi on a yacht I'm guessing you do these days. We, we've got 15 million quid between us. Of course we've got Wi-Fi on the boat. We'd be fine. We could have someone, like, literally, we could pay someone to stand on the top of the boat holding the router up <laughs> to get the signal, couldn't we? I mean, that would be Sorted. Great. Sorted. Well, I'm having a lovely half term because I'm on breakfast at the moment. So Mandy's gone away for a week. I did a week on drive last week. I've got a week on breakfast this week. And then um, Doz is taking the kids up to Scotland to Long Nidri, which is near Edinburgh. And there we're going to go and see Doz's dad. So my father-in-law, and I love Martin, he's one of the nicest humans, um, lots of like sitting on a coldish beach, eating um, sandwiches from the pit stop, which is this amazing place to get sandwiches from. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it. So I'm flying up on Friday and I'm going to have the weekend. The kids are going up on Thursday. Oh, nice. Very yeah. nice. I mean, yeah, I'm still going to be soaking up the sun in Abu Dhabi and enjoying oh, my life. lovely. I can't wait to see some of your holiday outfits. That's what I'm most excited about. <laughs> oh, God, don't hold your breath. <laughs> I, pack, I pack them in a rush. So, uh, 
but yeah anyone waiting for that content you might be waiting a little while (laughs) (laughs) oh anyway we should definitely get on to today's episode can I just when when I tell you that this was a hilarious hilarious conversation I'm I ain't lying we had (laughs) one of the funniest women on the podcast a comedian from Liverpool she kind of rose to fame on social media back in 2000 and I think it was 17 she did a video um it was like a parody of Ed Sheeran Shape of You and it went viral and that kind of springboarded her into sort of superstardom I guess and really grew her career um she's an incredible mother she's got three kids and um she's just an all-round down-to-earth really normal normal person wasn't she yeah she really was and like do you know what I loved about this conversation well, she, she was you know hilarious that you know that she's just funny by nature isn't she and also obviously her career is about you know comedy but it, she also goes to prove that you know she found this career after becoming a parent and so you know anyone listening sort of feeling a bit trapped like they can't go back to their job from before or feeling like at a loss that they're not going to progress in their career and they're not going to be able to change careers then I think this conversation just goes to show that you absolutely can and things can turn around for you at any moment and I really mm. love that from her um mm. It's just yeah, I just really enjoyed the chat because it had a bit of everything: vulnerability, funny, you know, belly laughs, um, mm. a bit of inspiration, I guess, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All round great chat. It was like sitting down with a mate. So we can't wait to share this with you today, Georgia. Who are we chatting to? We are chatting to the wonderful Sophie McCartney, but you might know her as Tired and Tested. So as bios go, this has got to be one of the most impressive that I get to read out on the podcast. Double Sunday Times bestselling author, Funny Woman Awards winner, UK tour sold out, new dates added soon, comedian, all-round legend, mother to three, what a hero, it's Sophie McCartney! Oh, what a lovely intro. Very impressive. Thanks, oh thanks, you know. If you could just introduce me maybe wherever I go, Zoe, that would be (laughs) So you could go on tour that would be great (laughs) I will come out on stage with pom-poms I'll be the hype woman and then it'll all be the clapping and then I'll just leave get drunk and watch you every night I mean thank you sounds Sounds like like a plan (laughs) we always start by asking our guests how they are and you were telling us that you had your hair done last night so what what have you been up to so I was at the British Book Awards last night apparently it's the book BAFTAs so I've been told but I'm not sure that I'm not sure that it's actually a thing but for anyone asked I'm like it's the book BAFTAs We'll go with it. Exactly. Got to do a little red carpet, got to wear a nice dress, had my face painted all lovely by a lovely lady who came to do it. Glam Squad was in. So it was very exciting. I mean, I didn't win. <laughs> I didn't win. I was nominated, but I was it was a tough category. What were you nominated for? So I was nominated. So it was the first book. So it was the Tired and Tested book. Um, and that was nonfiction narrative. Narrative? Yeah, narrative. So it was almost kind of like I was in with people who'd done their autobiography. So Alan Rickman's autobiography was in there. I mean, tough, tough, tough one. Oh, to tough friends. crowd. So, yeah. Tough, yeah. Um, and also Matthew Perry's autobiography. So, you know, Professor Snape and Chandler Bing, you know, what a place to be yeah. in life. But I was and it was one of those things where I genuinely was just so honoured to be nominated. And I, I went going. Do you know what? If I don't win, I'm 100% fine with that. I get a night away from the kids in a hotel. They put me in the Grosvenor. Like I was, I was, I'd already won. You've already won. Two questions for you. Did you meet Chandler? No, he didn't go. 
The book Bafters. The book Bafters. Chanondla Bing did not go, and he um, he didn't he didn't win. So I can see that they probably gave him a little heads up that that wasn't going to happen, and he then didn't bother coming from LA. So that was that was fine. Second question: Did you hug Davina because she had a big night, didn't she last night? Oh, she did. I couldn't get close enough to her. I tried so hard. I was thinking I could maybe pounce on her in the toilets, but I didn't. (laughs) Just waiting behind the sanitary towel bin for her. Just like. <laughs> I've never, do you know what? I've never met her. So she's the reason that I'm a presenter today because I grew up watching Street Mate. I was obsessed with Love her. That. And I was like, yeah. having been in this industry for 10 years, I have never met her. It, can you imagine no. that feeling of just like, I've been in the same room as her, I've seen her, but I've never been introduced to her. Now I'm like, it's been built up so much, it's going to be the best or worst first day ever. Now they're keeping they're keeping you away from her now. <laughs> so whenever Maybe you enter it. the room, they like quickly usher her away. Oh God, yeah, there's that Zoe. Yeah, she's been talking about me for doing it for years. I don't know if it's a good idea. That's <laughs> Zoe's name is on a list, isn't it? You know, like there's a list of people that Davina is not allowed That's to be anywhere it, near. It? Yeah. <laughs> now obviously we're talking about you you know going to the book BAFTAs last night but for those listening who don't know about your story do you want to just give us a little insight into how you've got here and where you are now yeah yeah do you know what it's so bonkers and when people ask me this like oh and now it feels like a lifetime ago so I'd started doing my this is proper old school I started back in the olden days with a written blog on the internet and that was you know what what I started doing and I'd had um I'd had Jack who's my elder so Jack is 10 and at the time I was working in marketing and PR and I wanted to go part-time and back then that wasn't really a thing so I'd put my flexible request in it had been quite quite fiercely turned down um and so I then quit and went well do you know what no I don't want to do this and then went back as a freelancer for for the same company which was a bit you know okay fine you can pay me more to me to be flexible that's brilliant I'll take that thanks yeah Yeah. so I was doing that and then I had Evelyn a couple of years later and um and then the cost of the pair of them going into childcare there was only two and a half years between them. So, you know, I still would have been paying full nursery fees for, for both of them. And I just, I couldn't justify it, couldn't justify the pair of them going. And I think I'd be working full time and coming back with maybe a hundred quid a month to to show for it. And I wasn't massively in love with my job. And so at that point, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to step back and I'll just I'll just be a, a mom, which is, I know, I hate myself even for saying it occasionally. I think, oh, I'm just a mom. And, but that's what I decided. I wanted to do that. But then I think probably because I'd had a bit of a creative background working in PR, I was used to doing a lot of writing. That was a part of the job that I loved doing. Um, that I started to want to flex my creative muscle a little bit. So that's how I got onto doing the, the written stuff. And then um, one of my friends said, oh, you know, why don't you start taking it onto socials? Why don't you do videos? And at the time I was such a retiring wallflower I couldn't possibly do a video and put it on the internet I thought that that was madness were you making people laugh in the office like were you like cracking people up like making jokes about teabagging and stuff whilst you were you know making the boss a a brew Was it was it that <laughs> that sort of vibe? Yeah, it, it was. And you know, we had we had an office blog as well, and I used to write the office blog, and and it was that I would write 
comedy pieces I guess for the for the yeah. office blog and that was you know a part of that was just a part of my job that, that I did and I loved that um so yeah it's always always kind of been been in me and then I, I guess I then just took it from the written word into the spoken word and I did this blooming Ed Sheeran video that I think will follow me around until my dying day it's going to be on my tombstone when yes. my bed sheet felt like poo and that that'll be it <laughs> loving wife mother sister daughter bed sheet smelt like poop can you give us a little rendition now no i cannot no i cannot <laughs> she won't. i knew she wouldn't she won't she's too big time now she goes to the book bafters georgia oh, no i know it's in the past it's in the past <laughs> i think ed i think ed might come for me i think i'm still on like a cease and desist from it i don't think i'm allowed to <laughs> someone's someone gonna come from the ceiling for me yeah you're on the davina mccall equivalent of the list yeah, exactly. the ed Sheeran. yeah. yeah. so that like catapulted you from from being you know kind of somebody that was 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 desperately trying to be in that space to suddenly you were everywhere and you became you know an Instagram sort of sensation I guess in a way so what was that like because were people stopping you in Tesco's and stuff yeah it was mad and I sat and my husband was away at the time with work and I was sat on my own with the two kids in the kitchen and my phone was popping off I was just panic eating crumpets because I didn't know what to I didn't know what to do with myself the BBC were calling me and I thought I was in trouble I was like it's never good if the BBC calling you why is oh the BBC God. calling me to talk to me and um and I I think I went from maybe had 400 Facebook followers I think at the time and overnight I went from that to 80,000 and it was just yeah it was like wow okay but also okay this is potentially this could be what I do now and it gave me a, a platform then to start doing different things and getting my voice heard and taking it from the written blog and and transferring that into kind of doing piece to cameras and I would do then different songs and I would try out comedy sketches and and it was a bit of a trial and error I guess as to then you know where I ended up and what I ended up doing but it allowed me to do that and I had that flex and suddenly I had a, a little career that I just built myself from 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 one video and, and I do always look back and it, I always think of it as the sliding doors moment because it's proper yeah. print. I do look back at it now and I go it's so awful and we were joking before that I filmed it on an iPad and it was you know looks <laughs> it like on a relic of an iPad as well like first edition iPad it's grainy the sound is awful I can't sing I think mainly it's the main one I'm like <laughs> proper pitchy horrendous and um, and I need Nearly trashed it because I was dying inside but I thought you know what I've done it so I may as well just fling it up and see what happens and if I hadn't done that if I'd just trashed it because I was proper embarrassed by it then I, I don't think anything else you know well maybe maybe it might have but I, I, I think that's probably what was the turning corner for me. your videos wow. are so relatable and they're so you know you you, you manage to capture what we all go through in our day-to-day life as parents and then you you make a hilarious you know 60 second video which just completely nails it one of my favorite ones is you dancing around with with your pregnant belly when you were pregnant with Nate and saying the things that you should never say to a pregnant woman like are you expecting twins when are you sure Say, you no, no, sure? it's called an ultrasound, dickhead. It's so good. <laughs> and that's it. And I, I think I have big babies as well. So Jack was ten pound ten when he was born. So I, I basically birth baby horses. Um, and that, and and and, the, and and now by the time I got around to having Nate, and I do did know this, and I was half expecting. But when I was pregnant with Jack, and I didn't know, and at that point I didn't know how how big he was. But people, the, what people think that they can say to a pregnant woman is just ridiculous. When I was pregnant with Nate, I opened the door to a delivery guy. And he just went, wow, size are you? I was like, oh, 
thanks Dave size of you size of you and then he said bet you can't wait to get back to your fighting weight I was like I think there's been a mistake Dave I'm at my perfect fighting weight for sumo wrestling I was absolutely (laughs) enraged I couldn't believe it they've taken Dave off your street now oh my he's all for meeting you now that's it exactly I'm have him yeah (laughs) But in all, I mean, all seriousness, like I think when you get like sort of when this is that overnight success, you've got two children at home. Was it hard or did you just love it? No, it was it was really unnerving, actually. And I think as well. And this, I kind of look back and think, you know, if I'd have done anything differently because I had the kids in the video with me. And at that point, I hadn't really thought about that because I didn't really think anybody was going to see it I thought I was going to do it and maybe the couple of people you like the people who lived on my mum and dad's road my auntie might see it you know and it, it wasn't something that I expected to go viral and then once it did and I think it had about 25 million views on it before it got taken down I'm not still bitter and twisted about that and um and but the sudden panic that then came off the back of that that actually I'd exposed the kids to 25 million people right. and I hadn't really thought that through and so actually the kind of the the euphoria of this big like wow this is a big moment and you know I was getting interviews from the states you know I was on <laughs> random American tv programs and and that was all incredible but at the same time I was thinking oh my gosh like I ooh, what I put my I put my kids yeah. out there and and, cool. I, and then I kind of I, I panicked a little bit about that and then I kind of I felt a little bit better about it once I'd stopped crying about it. <laughs> once I've been crying about it. But I think sometimes, you know, you don't you don't expect things to happen in a certain way. And I think probably if I could have gone back in time, then I would have I would have done that differently because it made me feel a little bit Ugh. Yours is such an interesting journey and story, I guess, because you're right in the thick of motherhood and yeah. yet your career is on this upward trajectory and you're absolutely smashing it, you know, sell out tour, you're all over the place at the book BAFTAs and, you know, I'm sure every day is is busied and varied and your little one is not even, not yeah. what, nine, seven months? Eight, eight, eight months. months. Yeah, it's just I mean, eight months. Co- like, congr- like a standing ovation for you, mate, because that is probably yeah. the hardest thing in the world to do. How, like, how are you feeling about all of it and how do you manage to do it all? Yeah, I mean, little Nate, he he was a surprise baby. You know, he wasn't he wasn't planned, and um, and that's I, called I too much shagging. It, yeah, it was it was that bit in between Christmas and New Year when there was nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> and you always know you always meet a fellow fellow parent of a September baby, and you go, oh, Ooh. I know what you were doing. That's you got me. the baby now, yeah. <laughs> September baby, that's what New Year's say. Eve, New Year's yeah. Eve baby, New Year's Eve shag. Exactly, you know, you always know, and um, so yeah, he. Well, he wasn't planned and um and so I think I found out that I was pregnant the day I sat down to start writing my second book the mother hen's book the fiction book and it, in terms of timing poor little nature chops it wasn't it wasn't the best I had the most horrendous morning sickness throughout the pregnancy just was miserable shattered because I already had two other kids to look after the, the world decided to melt it was 40 degrees and it was just you know it was it was awful and I had the pressure of knowing I needed to have the book finished before Nate came which only gave me at that point I think it was like seven months or something to and I hadn't started it and um and my head was just everywhere I wasn't in the zone I guess for, for writing as much as I would have liked to have been especially create it's hard to be quite funny and creative when you've just got bile coming out your nose yeah. um so oh. it, it, it was it wasn't great and then he came early as well so he came three weeks early so I'd had a meeting with um, Harper Collins my publishers it was a Thursday morning and I said right I just need to get the big kids back to school because it's at the end of August I said I just need to get the big kids back to school and then I will write the last three chapters in the three weeks 
well they're at school before Nate comes and I went to labor that night it was it was oh, just wow. like he was it was just like he was sat inside listening like no you won't, you won't. <laughs> you won't I'm coming tonight um and and then I then had to finish the book postpartum so I gave myself two weeks to literally rock in a corner and hold myself back together and then it just had to if I hadn't finished it we probably would have had to push the publication back by a year or so for because you have publication windows of when is a good yeah. time to go out with things and we would have missed it completely so I just had to power through and it was the darkest of times you know you know it's like after like in, in that kind of blurry wow time after you've mm-hmm. after you've delivered and he had reflux uh they thought he was potentially um had a, a milk algae I was feeding him um I was breastfeeding him and they were thinking it was maybe milk through me that was kicking his yeah. allergies off potentially yeah. so he was on medication I ha- couldn't have I couldn't have a bar of chocolate I was just like oh you've taken away everything you've taken away <laughs> all the joy yeah. and you know and he was up every hour every time I fed him he'd vomit so I'd have to keep him upright for an hour after feeds but then an hour after he'd fed he'd need feeding again so in the yeah. night I was awake the whole night and I started mm. seeing things and, I, oh and I, was, gosh. I was on the hands and knees looking for things on the floor that I was convinced that were there because I was so tired and then yeah. I was just and then I was I was typing things and things didn't even look like words anymore so you know if you get if you get to a certain point in the book we think what is going on that was it I'd officially lost the plot officially lost it well, I mean we're, we're joking about it but that is pretty tough like that is yeah. pretty dark what sort of things were going through your head in that time well it was I mean you there's so many different layers to it I guess because there's a responsibility I'm you know and my publishers are brilliant they would have pushed back but I'd, I'd put so much effort in throughout the whole of my pregnancy that I was like I just I wanted to get it over the line I was like I just in a way it just needs to go so that I can then concentrate on Nate you know if, if I'd had it for another year I would have rewritten it another five times so I was yeah. like I just need to get it get it done get it over the line I felt guilty that I had this newborn baby that I wasn't I wasn't feeling like I was spending enough time with I had the other two kids who I wanted in that time for me to really kind of be around them as well so they didn't feel pushed out by the fact that mummy had a new baby mummy was busy with the book mummy was this mummy was that mummy wasn't there so there's all these layers of guilt on top of just being completely exhausted the trauma of you know of of having just had a baby and he was a he was meant to be a planned section but because I went early he was an emergency section I'd I'd driven myself to the hospital in the middle of the night honestly it was ridiculous I'd gone into labor and I just was going oh it's probably Braxton Hicks and I woke Steve up and I said oh I think I might just be Braxton Hicks and he was like well what are you gonna do he was like call the unit I said I don't want to call the unit because if I call the unit they'll make me go in and he was like I don't understand what's happening here why have you woken me up then to tell me this if you've got no intention of doing anything I said oh okay and I called them and they said yeah get in because I was a previous emergency section so I needed to go in and I got there and they just took one look at me on the monitor that you know they hook you up and they went we need to get the baby out in half an hour and I was like whoa I just and it was just at that point it was then just a a whirlwind for him coming out as well so there'd been all of that I I wasn't ready I didn't have my bag packed I still had all this work stuff going on and did Steve make it how what what was that phone call like oh my gosh the panic so um (laughs) so first I said called him and he was like, oh, oh, so he'd managed to run over the road, wake up our neighbour who could come and sit with the kids. Well, I then called my parents who were in Liverpool, so they're only half an hour away from me, for them to come over to take over from our neighbour. And my dad, my dad's so funny. So I am notoriously late for everything in life. It's just my thing. And now I accept it. It's part of who I am. But when I called up and my dad was so confused, I've woken up and he was like, 
bloody hell, he went, you're never early for anything. I was like, yes, okay. I was like, I appreciate there's a certain amount of irony within this, but can you just get your ass over to my house and look after my children? We'll talk about it later, okay? You can do the late jokes and the early jokes yeah, another time. It's not the time, John. It's not the time. We'll be right back after this short break. Do you remember what it's like being in your 20s? I sometimes look back at that period of my life and laugh just as much as I cringe. If you do the same, then you've got to watch Queenie, the new original series on Hulu. Who is Queenie? Queenie is a 20-something year old living in London. She's facing all the firsts. First major heartbreak, first shitty apartment and soul-sucking job, first therapy session to work through those mommy issues. Can she turn her quarter-life crisis into a revolution? Maybe. Will she make some questionable decisions along the way? Definitely. All episodes of Queenie premiere June 7th, streaming on Hulu. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? So you were rushed in, you were rushed in for a C-section. How yeah. did it differ from the previous two births and and how did you feel during it so I mean funnily enough Nate was actually my third emergency section so Jack had come out as an emergency so Jack was 10 pound 10 when he was born so yeah baby, baby horse that just while I was not stretching out that far for him and and, and he just needed to to be taken out the sunroof yeah. so and then when I had Evelyn I did the thing that I know a lot of c-section mums do they have a lot of guilt again that follows them around and I had this weird thing in my head that I hadn't done it properly because I'd had a I'd had an emergency cesarean Whoa. and also I was knocked out for my c-section with with Jack so I was a general for it so I'd had this weird kind of feeling of you know well I wasn't present for his birth and I carried a lot of that around with me I felt very traumatized about it and so when the option came up when I had Evelyn and I was offered a planned section I decided I was going to have a VBAC because again I was thinking well I I want to try and do it properly and I had this massive stupid hang-up about trying to do it properly um and then when I had her 
things went wrong again and I ended up as another emergency cesarean and I remember the consultant came in to see me afterwards when I was in recovery with her and hers was a lot more dicey and um, and him saying to me if you ever have another baby you are not trying to deliver this child naturally you are having a planned section so it was always the way that Nate was going to be planned but it just because he came early um but when I actually went down for the section with him and you know everything was going fine they pulled him out we saw him and then they took him off and then everything changed then suddenly 20 people ran into the room and he'd crashed but I couldn't I couldn't see him so I still had the sheet up and everything and I could just see see my husband's face just what do you mean he crashed so he'd come out because he was early and they had warned me um so normally when they come before 37 weeks they'll try and give you steroid injections for their lungs Right. But because he because he was coming and they didn't want me because I was two previous emergency sections, they don't like you to be in labor at the point that you are having a section. It just makes everything a lot more risky, the, the risk to me for rupturing and things. Um, so they just try and get the baby out as, as soon as before I would go any further into to labor. Um, so his there was no time for the steroids. So normally they like to give you the steroids over 24 hours to build the baby's lungs off. So they'd, they'd kind of give me a little bit of a heads up that there might be some breathing issues, but he'd come out, come out fine, heard a little cry, and then his lungs had just stopped basically um so but at this point we hadn't didn't really realize this so I just saw Steve's face how terrifying oh Mm. it was it was awful and all these people came in um and then they just took him they just took him away and so at that point I didn't know what had happened where he'd gone whether he was alive or not and that was again I was just like and it's just it's such a oh it's such an overwhelming just awful experience and then the, the doctor then came back straight straight away and said you know we've taken him through to the NICU like don't worry we, we've you know we've he's coming around but we just need to to work him and, and it was a case of because he was early his lungs were a little bit weaker and when babies are taken out by cesareans they're not the, the liquid isn't squeezed out of their lungs in the same way as if it would come if they would come out vaginally and that's what you know that process does it squeezes out and you know and then they can breathe a lot more freer but when it's a cesarean that doesn't happen so they have to manually remove all the gunk and everything from their lungs so especially the little ones they, they struggle a little bit so and he was fine fortunately but I I yeah I didn't see him then for four or five hours because I was then in post-op he'd been taken through to the NICU Steve had gone through to see him and, and came back and once he said he'd seen him and he felt happy having seen him right. that that I kind of then calmed a little bit but it was again there was a lot to unpack stories like this George and it just makes you think how incredible are the doctors and nurses that work on these babies is they are heroes absolutely and I mean the speed as well that they that they got in it was it was like they'd all just been waiting hanging from the ceiling or something ready to just go boom yeah somebody pushed a button they were there and again I'm so like the NHS and we are so incredibly lucky to have it and again to to not worry as well that again that he'd then had to go into NICU and not have to worry you know that thinking what is that going to cost like how much is that going to cost me for him to be in you know to to be able to have all of that and know that you know that 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 was all there for us it's just it is incredible so can I just can I just ask Sophie because there's a there's a lot of um you know conversation around what happens to baby after an emergency c-section you know the lungs mucus etc what happens to what happened to you? What happens to a mother after an emergency C-section like that? What were the, what were the hours and the days like following that? Because obviously you had no time to get used to the fact that the baby was coming. I imagine no. hormones doing different things. George, we've spoken about it before yeah. when you, you know, when you go into labor so quickly, 
How was it for you? So yeah, again, it, it, it's one of those things where there's so much going on and especially because Nate wasn't with me and I couldn't see him. So you've got the additional worry of that. And I think as well, I, I always, I've always said this before with C-sections, it's madness. If you went into hospital and you had another, like a normal operation on something, you had a stomach operation, there is no way that two hours after you've had your stomach operation, you're going to be up and being made to walk down the ward. No. That, and, but this is the way now with C-sections. I think they have, I think the midwife said to me, they have changed the guidance on it now so I think they now say three or four hours I think before you're to be up but you can choose to get up earlier if you so desire so for me I'd been wheeled back round and um I think I, I think I couldn't for two hours I think it's something to do with the catheter you um you have to kind of stay flat and then it was a case of me being like pulled up put in a wheelchair and then taken round to see Nate but the, the pain I mean you're on painkillers but you've had however many layers of skin and muscle that's been cut through and you don't until it happens and again you forget I'd forgotten after the other two emergency cesareans you don't for, until you're back in it you're like oh my god I forgot what this was I forgot what this was like and you know the, the pain and I've, I've never done it vaginally so I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a horrendous level of pain as well that goes that goes with that but you know you sadly you can't walk you can't do anything you've got tubes you've got wires you've got a bag of your wee in between your legs and you're just sitting in the wheelchair being being pushed around to to the NICU and and then he was all in his little incubator and I couldn't couldn't get him and and, you know and, then, and at that point I think I'd held it together up until that point but the minute that I actually then clapped eyes on him and then I just lost it and then I just wailed uncontrollably then for about two, two hours just like oh, oh so I, I, it, it's so there is so much to sort of take in and then obviously you, you've had that awful traumatic experience and then you go home and you have to write a book when you put that when you sent that off did you take a step back and look at what had happened over the yeah. last few months? And what does that do to you mentally? Yeah, it's, you know, it, for me, it was all about just getting it over the line, get it over the line, get it over the line. And it was all, it's a, it's a release, it's a release. It's a kind of, you know, it's something that I was very proud of and it had taken me such a long time. It was something that I'd always wanted to do as well. And it was always in my head, whenever I wanted to write, I wanted to write fiction, comedy fiction, that's what I wanted to do. So to actually go, wow I've done it and for me it was just then going okay now I've got the time to spend with Nate now I've got the time to be a bit more of a fun mum and that's what I'd said to the other two the whole time I was pregnant I was like I know mommy's not a fun mummy mommy's not a fun mummy because she's massive and mommy's not a fun mummy because you know she's got the book to do so it was just yeah lovely to then just be able to just kick back and just go take stock and just sit in my pajamas and mind you that's a lie I wrote my pajamas but you know just sit there and just not do anything for a few weeks and just watch trash on TV yeah. and that was that was yeah. all I wanted to do I was like I just want to sit here and yeah. watch somebody's rich wives in a countryside somewhere <laughs> living in that's, all I wanted. that's all I wanted to do <laughs> someone flogging I a brush house that. in LA how good would it be to like have annual leave from being a parent you know like just like just have a week off to do that take it I off. had it yeah. recently yeah, not fun though not going to having fun but you know just going and having like you have to stay at home just you be have to careful what you wish for Georgia please. no I know Remember. I know I know I'm not gonna say it out loud because Sophie about uh, four months five months ago I said on this very podcast look I just want to have like a small injury a small operation that just keeps me in hospital for a couple of weeks just a couple of weeks <laughs> I just want to lay down for a couple of weeks. I just want to lay down for a couple of weeks. And then I had a fucking massive ski accident and ruptured my oh ACL. My and guess what? I've had to lie down for a couple of weeks. Slash. Now, you know, I mean, 
I won't bore you with it, but I basically just had to go to bed, had a big operation. So like, just be, this is a bit witchy, this podcast. You've just got to be careful yeah, what no, you wish don't for. Say that. We don't don't say put that. anything out there that you don't yeah. oh, I mean, apart from, you know, I would love to, to meet Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I'm just going to, if this is the place then. for that. Yeah, yeah, and I would like a BBC One Saturday Night Entertainment show to present. Just throw it there out there. There we go, there All we right. go. Sophie, is there anything that you would do differently looking back on that period? Oh, I mean, maybe, you know, just nothing that I was in control of in an ideal world he would have come, he would have come when he was meant to come and and, and that and that was that and it may actually yeah do you know what if I hadn't been such a horrendous procrastinator I might have finished the book before <laughs> he was actually born if every time the wind changed I didn't get up and go and get a biscuit from the cupboard and then just go and check something on Instagram then maybe I'd have got it finished before he, anywhere near when he was being born so um, so maybe I'm awful for it though honestly just but my brain knows so if I stand up if I'm if I'm writing and I can't think of a joke or what kind comes next I know that if I go up and walk to the cupboard and get a snack in that time I'll have thought of it right. <laughs> so my brain knows that so it sends me off it to go and do all these yeah it <laughs> sends me off to go and do it so I'm there with a pack of jammy dodgers like I'm genius and then I go and sit down and <laughs> we've had like a huge career change since you've become a parent and there'll be loads yeah. of people listening to this who have been in the same boat as you like wanted to go back to their old job there's no flexibility and you know trying to find a new kind of a new thing do you think that parenthood brought you like a newfound confidence oh absolutely and I think you know I think when you become a mum as well you suddenly you know you're not as important anymore are you and it's you know your kids are are what you you live for and so you're there to defend them and you would do anything you know if somebody was mean to my child I'd just I'd go in I'd, I'd tear them to pieces and and I would never be like that beforehand I was you know I didn't like confrontation I you know I'm a very indecisive person just in general and then since having the kids you know that's kind of forced me to be more assertive I have to make all these decisions I have to do these things I have to stick up for them I have to you know be their protector and their lioness and their mama bear and all of that and beforehand I was quite a quiet and shy person and um and yeah for sure and and then because I've had them and it has opened up this whole new world to me and it has made me more confident and you know yeah right they give me good they give me good content and it has kind of allowed me to go out and do and I do always and I thank them and then anything that I do I always they always get a lovely section thanking them you know it's it's an honor and a privilege to be their mummy and also the fact that it has opened up this whole new world to me and I've definitely changed and I think people are maybe a little bit scared of what might happen if they're thinking about having kids and they think, well, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to change. And I think, you know, if you look aside from body changes, physical changes, you know, there are mental changes and, you know, you, you go through a phase where you lose your identity and, you know, you question everything and that's really hard. And I always joke, you know, my friends, they're all stored in my phone. It's like, you know, Sam, Betsy's mom and you know or just or just even you know like Finn's mom in my phone you know these these women don't have their own names and it's you know but we are we are people still and you know I think probably what I've learned from coming out of the other side of it a little bit more now is that you know you go through times where you feel like you've lost yourself but I think you gain so much more as well and it's taken me a little bit of time to actually realize that and I actually think that I'm probably a better version of myself now on the other side of kids than I was beforehand yeah here, here. definitely more emotional as well that. yeah yeah here, here. Yeah. and also just just jumping on the name thing though I don't, I don't think it's specific to, to to mums because I sometimes look back at my old entries on my phone and it's like Sam hot blonde guy from the gym Mark <laughs> hot dark head guy from the gym so I've been doing it to people for decades <laughs> Maybe that's what we should do. We should start it. In fact, when Gigi starts school in September, I'm going to save all the mums as not like 
Evie's mum, yeah. I'm going to be like, yeah. lady with the lovely jacket. Hot bod mum. Yeah. Hot yeah. bod mum. Great, yeah. Great hair. Female empowerment. Yeah, exactly. We don't have names, but we look banging and that's yeah, fine. And that's yeah, that's fine. Great. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sophie, it. we love to ask our guests uh, for the best piece of advice that they've ever been given, the piece or the piece of advice they give to a new parent. So parenting advice for a new parent, I would just say, just ignore everyone. That's always what I would always say. When people, you know... I always find this, you, and I always joke, I call them the pricks right, with parenting. So this is parents releasing in a competitive knobbiness, pricks, it's an acronym. <laughs> and the pricks, the pricks love to give unsolicited parenting advice, especially when they see somebody struggling and they think that their child is an absolute golden child and they have all these words of wisdom. And I think that when you are a new mum, especially if you're a first time a mum and you have all these people that are there giving you, you know, their 10 cents worth, and, you know, being like, oh, you're struggling with breastfeeding. Oh, and trying nipple shields and all this kind of thing. You're just like, oh, just leave me alone. I just want to do my own thing. That actually, do you know what? These people can blow you off course. And there are some types of people out there who quite enjoy blowing other people off course. So I would always say, do you know what? Just stick with your gut instinct. You just do you and just don't listen. Don't let yourself get bogged down by what other people are doing. Don't go onto Instagram and see all these people who seemingly have everything all held together because it's not real. It's smoke. It's mirrors. Behind the cameras, they're still sat in their pajamas, wailing and watching Real Housewives as well. So, do you know, just yeah just (laughs) and we also love to ask our guests about their favorite products so what are your you know what are your faves so I have a couple and so again I'm going to take this at serious level down though so I have um for Nate because of his because he didn't because they had the whole breathing issue when he was born I was terrified that he was just going to stop breathing and I just I couldn't sleep I was just watching him like a hawk and because I knew there'd been that issue I was just absolutely convinced that that was the end was going to be nigh so I did a little bit of googling and I got for him it's called a snoozer MD I don't know if, if you heard of them so no. they're recommended by the lullaby trust so the lullaby trust will quite often give them out to parents who um have had previous um cot death experiences and they are little clips they're only about this big um I don't know if people can't see my hands but they're only maybe like two inches so it's got a little battery so there's no kind of wireless interference that you need to worry about anything to do you know around that with with any kind of waves of anything that shouldn't be going through the baby it's just a battery operated you clip it onto their nappy and um if they stop breathing yes babies do have a um they will hold their breath for a certain amount of time and it's just it's just their breathing pattern but if that goes on for longer than eight seconds what it does is it sends a little vibration to the baby which will just jolt them into potentially breathing again and it sets off a little alarm as well so you know that that's happened if the baby then completely stops breathing an alarm will will go and so for me personally it's helped me sleep at night and it's, it's the smallest little thing I can then put Nate down and I don't I I can sleep as long as he's asleep I can sleep because I'm not worrying about that and I know it's probably it's it's all in my head and and he's absolutely fine but just having that little safety blanket for me it's just helped me get past that that initial issue so that's always when people say you know have you got any I'm like for me that that is what's helped me massively and I know some people don't want to know and you know and it's quite and everyone's a bit personal about their approach but personally that's just mentally that's just that sounds brilliant that's amazing yeah so that one for sure okay great um Sophie good luck with the tour can we still get tickets you can still get so I'm about to add a lot more dates uh, a lot more dates into the diary so I think I'm running like an extra 40 or something along those lines so it's it's a there's a lot there's a lot coming so I'm going to be announcing that 
shortly and um, and people yeah can can get more tickets yay that's great we're definitely coming to see you definitely coming to see you thank you so much for coming on I mean I think I speak for Georgia but one of our favorite guests I'm just hilarious as we knew you would be so thank you so much and definitely no no more um no more surprise babies no, no, no. Um, my, husband's going to, my, my husband's going for a surprise vasectomy instead. So, you know. I might look my husband for one of those surprise ones too. Yeah. Great. Thinks he's going out for dinner. Surprise! surprise. <laughs> Get your balls out. Yeah. Great. Sophie, thank you. Take care of me. Oh, see you later. Thank you. I can't wait to go and see her on tour and I love the fact that she's had to add a a whole load of new dates as well because she's just selling tickets like hotcakes. Oh my god, I cannot. Brilliant. No, we really have to go. I'm putting that out here like now. We are going. We're definitely going. Um, Uh, Maybe we can go to Glasgow or something. That would be fun, wouldn't it? Oh, you love a bit of Glasgow action. I've never (laughs) been there. I think I've been there once. I did a a job there once and I didn't, I don't think I saw the sort of like hilarious fun side of it because I was just inside a sort of I was inside. Is there a Hilton there? I think that's where we stayed. Yeah, there's a Hilton everywhere, isn't yeah, there? So I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm sure there is. Um, oh no, brilliant! Like, re- so, like really inspirational, and also like really interesting to hear. You know, from the outside, everyone can see that she's been really successful. You know, had a, a two best-selling books, like this tour, like all this stuff. But the realities of having a baby and then having to meet those deadlines is really is a lot. It's a lot for anybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I loved I loved hearing both sides of that. Really interesting. Mm, I loved did too. And, and I thought I thought you know doing what she's doing and juggling you know the kids and the, the mental load and the workload and the deadlines and you know having to be funny at the same time she's just yeah. just a, like you said a real inspiration so thank you so much um to sophie for coming on the podcast a real treat to chat to her and thank you guys for listening to today's episode um as always we'd love you to rate review subscribe and please give the podcast a follow if you have time therefore you won't miss an episode yeah and please do keep those reviews coming we love reading them so the more reviews the better guests like we say and that is for you so you're going to benefit um and if you have got any suggestions for guests then please do drop us a dm we're always looking for new names and we're on instagram at made by mamas and we'll be back on friday made by mamas is an insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the lovely charlotte mason insanity group Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl. Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs> 